0: What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk the Podcast, the insurgent biweekly audio syllabus. I am money. This is the last episode of the year. Um, 2021 is 2020 done. (laughs) And okay, I'm going to do high, low, high. So this episode is coming out the day before Nikita's birthday. So if you're listening to it the day it comes out, happy birthday, Nikita, if you're listening to it. After, happy birthday, Nikita, and shout out to all the Capricorns. I really love y'all, especially those of you who have um, strong Capricorn and outer planetary placements, too. Um, shout out to the Capricorn Virgo mixtures out there in the natal charts. <laughs> Hashtag soulmates. Okay, so that's a high. Hello? yo, y'all, we lost the OG bell hooks. There's already been so many words shared about Bell Hooks, but I just wanted to acknowledge it. You know, Ashe to Bell Hooks, um, thank you. Thank you for everything that you did to make me a little more possible in this damn world. I I, like talking back, thinking uh, feminist, thinking black. I think that's the name of the book. Those essays really got me through the horrific counseling program I was in. Learning about bell hooks in graduate school like totally transformed my understanding of feminism and particularly black feminism. And bell hooks, um, the homie Romeo who who's been on an episode of Queer Walk before, they tweeted that bell hooks brought a lot of us back from ep- epistemological death, and that is so real. Like bell hooks wrote theory with black folks, queer folks, <laughs> and our healing and, and love at the center of it. What theory was doing that? Um, Still till today, you know, I'm still out here writing about queer women of color love because nobody wrote about it in mental health literature. So I just, I just thank so Bell Hook so much for everything she did for theory, for everything she did for inspiring a whole generation of little, uh, Black feminists, uh, and also for creating the blueprint for the cultural critique that we do today. So just shout out to Bell Hooks. And if you are just finding out about her through me talking about her right now, or from uh, seeing a lot of folks mourn her on social media, I encourage you to check her out. Another thing about her writing is is she wrote it for us, right? She uh, She was a teacher at heart. So she wrote it to be digested and understood. Love her. So check her out. That's a low. But also celebrating her always. And then another high. Another high. <laughs> Candace Parker is the gay. <laughs> I'm cackling. I'm cackling at all of the um, head dudes who are heartbroken and hurt. <laughs> who never ever stood a chance Anyway. And I'm just I'm just really excited and I know I was gobsmacked to see um her announcement of her wedding. She'd been married for two whole years and I wouldn't have known a thing, y'all. So shout out <laughs> to Candace Parker. <laughs> Your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your glow from a distance, your vibe sight, my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do, your light is harmony. Yeah, every type, darkest night, brightest light. I'm loving your soul. They hate you, replace you, hate you, but know that you go. We're a from every continent. I just want you jig a little bit. Move them hips, feel that bliss. Hug your sister, make them fit. Resist your temptation You are amazing, no limitation My favorite in this matrix We move by your vibration you And that's love I hope you hear that on the daily Cause baby you love I hope you hear that on the daily Cause baby you love I hope you hear that on the daily Cause baby you love You love All right. Um, As usual, shout out to Truth from uh, Mother Nature for the intro and also the transition, you know, the new sounds you hear on um, Queer Walk. Uh, Shout out to Gabby, Abundance Beats. Um, And you can check out Gabby's um, mixtapes and work. Uh, I have a link in the description of this episode. And if you are in need of music or sounds or a DJ or whatever, hit up Gabby. Thank you so much for also being a a dedicated listener to the podcast and being willing to to have me use your music. Uh, Love it. Love it. All right. So where can you find Queer Walk? You can find the podcast on all the things. To be honest, I'm most active on Instagram and Twitter at Queer Walk Pod, P-O-D. You can find us on Tumblr at QueerWalk.com. We have a Facebook page for the podcast. It's Queer Facebook.com slash Pod, And you can listen to us on all the things wherever you find your podcasts. Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, CastBox, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Pocket Casts, all the places. How can you um, ensure that QueerWalk continues? Well, you can contribute. And you can do that one of two ways. So the first way is uh, monetarily. You can send us some money over on the Cash App, which is dollar sign Queer Walk Pod, P-O-D. Still, you know, trying to do a lot of things uh, next year. I feel like I got a second win now. Um, And so, yeah, I would love your support on the Cash App for a one-time donation, and you can become a patron to be a sustainer of this here program over at patreon.com slash QueerWalkPod, P-O-D. This is a small monthly donation that ensures that QueerWalk continues. Um, I would love to know what y'all want to see on the Patreon Uh I would. I want, I want. had a certain number in mind of like, when we hit this amount of patrons, I would like to give weekly content. I just don't know what to do in the off weeks when I'm not releasing episodes for patrons. So if you are already a patron, or if you would like to become a patron at patreon.com slash QueerWalkPod, please let me know what y'all want to see on the Patreon. Please, you can use the hashtag QueerWOC to let me know what you want to see on the Patreon. All right, that segues me me right into the second way you can contribute is um, making sure that Queer Walk gets out there. Love Us Out Loud. Uh, You can do the R's. You can rate the podcast. Uh, I guess now Spotify has a rating system for podcasts, so go ahead and do that. Um, uh, I still don't. uh, It's still side-eye Spotify for me, but... I know that they are a very popular podcast listening uh, space. So hit us up with some reviews over there. Um, Request, please request a topic. You can also request a Queer Walk or Queer Park of the Week. Repost the episodes when I put them out. Thank you all so much for holding me down and doing that. I be seeing me and your stories, uh, even though um, the the Instagram inbox is getting more and more complicated and I miss some of y'all, but I do see it after the fact, <laughs> after the story has expired. But thank you so much anyway for reposting and reply, reply um, to stuff I cover in the episodes. You know, I talk back, use the hashtag. Queer W O C to Talk All Things the Podcast. You can also send me a curved chronicle or a topic suggestion at queerwalkpod at gmail.com. If you would like for me to like come speak somewhere in Zoom space because uh Omicron is not playing with nobody. I was about to say Omarion. Oh, See what black people do? <laughs> Omicron is not playing with anybody. So if y'all would like for me to pop up somewhere, uh, you could also hit me up at queerwalkpot at gmail.com. All right, y'all, I'm going to move it on along to the Queer Pock, Queer poc, Queer Pock of the Week segment. And the Queer Walk slash Queer of the Week segment is the segment where I highlight and celebrate some queer person or some queer woman of color. Who is doing dope ass shit that I think y'all should know about. And this episode is no different. So the Queerpock of the week for this episode is YouTube video essayist and cultural critic. It only felt right to do a cultural critic with, you know, losing bell hooks, but um, Khadijah Bo. So a lot of y'all might already know Khadija because I recognize that like everybody watches their channel. <laughs> like all the millennial uh black feminists watch Khadija's channel but hear me out hear me out so Khadija is a cool fun internet millennial auntie who talks about whatever they want on their channel that's how they describe themselves I wanted to make sure I got the intro right you know they are a Gambian American based um in Canada I think they went to like college up there and they first started their YouTube channel to fight class and race inequality in opera because get this y'all, they are a trained opera singer and I'm just like freaking blown away every time I hear them sing. There was this one video I was watching. It was not about their singing at all, but they, uh, they were talking about how like as you, when they were training (laughs) as an opera singer, they teach you to like, cut through the music. Cause you're never going to be louder than the orchestra. It was just amazing. And so just like learning things about talking and enunciation and speech, it's like, oh shit, I should know some of this as a podcaster. <laughs> um, and that was just like an aside in a video about something else. They're just incredible. And you can tell just somebody who knows a lot about a lot of things. Um, so by my count, I mean just from watching their videos, they can sing in at least four different languages. I've heard them sing in English, French, German, and I think what is Italian? I'm <laughs> not sure. You know, um I speak American English and Black American English, so I'm a little <laughs> I'm a little rusty on the other languages, so but I believe it was Italian. Um they graduated from the University of Toronto and uh after graduating they co-founded the Marigold Music Program which is a nonprofit aimed at changing the visual landscape of music by empowering mar- marginalized youth to sing. Ain't that dope? So their YouTube channel currently has over 15 million views <laughs> on about like 60 videos. They might be over uh, hit 70 by now. Um, and what are their videos about this is this is really why I wanted to make Khadija queer walk of the week because Khadija does these incredible video essays critiquing and examining pop culture through a queer racial feminist lens if you ever enjoyed the word segment <laughs> with Nikita um, where you know Nikita broke down some social justice thing, or if you really like the BBB podcasts, um, like Tea with Queen and Jay, Inner Whole Uprising, uh, The Bag Ladies, Marsha's Plate with uh, Diamond, then you you will really love Khadija's videos if you enjoy like those parts of the podcast and those podcasts. Um, they do Black feminist like cultural commentary, and a lot of it feels really similar to what Bell Hooks did in Essay's. Um, I'm thinking specifically about this one uh, bell hooks essay called like selling, selling hot pussy, (laughs) which was like a critique on um, sex desirability and, and the way black women are consumed in pop culture. That's really the legacy that like Khadija is um, carrying into the millennial generation. Khadija's work reminds me of a lot of hip-hop feminists like um, Cecily Bowen, who just released Bad Fat Black Girl. Um, Their work reminds me a lot of Roxane Gay's essays, but they're just doing it in like video format, right? It's really dope. It's dope as hell. And to give y'all a taste of like what you can expect from Khadija's videos. They've done videos on topics like the theory of racelessness, which I learned a lot watching that video. They um, interviewed the scholar who came up with that theory. Um, and I will not even try to summarize it or explain it here. <laughs> I'll just say it's not post-racial, you know, it's not like, it's not what you're thinking when I say theory of racelessness. Uh, I encourage y'all to watch the video. I'll put the link in the description. They've done videos on the role of envy in internet culture, emotional intelligence and racial racial stereotypes, like how racism and racial stereotypes impacts our emotional intelligence. Dope, dope, dope ass video. And of course, one of my favorites, they did a video on Megan Thee Stallion and desirability politics. I will also link that one. (laughs) Because I love... They did like this breakdown of the type of feminism um, Megan displays in the Thought Shit video. And then also like how desirability politics kind of play into today's landscape of women rappers. Most recently, they did a video on youth liberation movements and TikTok. And I just, again, I just thought it was excellent. I learned so much. I sit there taking notes, Googling stuff (laughs) to look up and read later. Khadija's videos just teach me a lot. So, like I said, if you've ever liked any of those type of like cultural commentary, breaking down of a a academic or a jargony or a social justice uh, theory um, and applying it to like examples that we see in pop culture... I encourage you to check out Khadijah's YouTube channel. And they also have videos where they're singing. So you can check out how dope they are as an opera singer as well. So shout out to Khadijah, uh, Queer Pop of the Week, this episode. It's time for that black feminist healing this that real shit not make believe come on money please help me get my shit together i listen to the moment when times get rough put on my headphones turn it all the way up who's gonna give you grounding tips there's nobody better oh money help me get my shit together (laughs) all right so i'm moving on along to the mental moment with dr money which is me (laughs) um and this is the segment where i try to help us out with our mental health um or apply some of the you know terrible literature to our <laughs> and revamp it repurpose it so that it's helpful for us right and so i'm i know y'all, y'all like damn bitch you came back to talk about grief and trauma but um <laughs> look i had a year okay um, but today I kind of wanted to talk about trauma bonding, but I, I'm, I am going to attempt to do it in a non-activating, in a non-triggering way, because I, what I actually want to talk about is, um, an acronym, of course, cause y'all know I love an acronym on, on how to not dump on friends, which is what I think we actually are trying to get at. By talking about trauma bonding in pop culture, okay, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just get into it, and y'all talk back to me. Use the hashtag <laughs> #queerwoc if you have questions or if you want to hear more about something. Because I think I did this okay, but it would I don't have anybody here to talk back to me anymore. So like it would be really helpful if there's something that I need to further clarify. I would love to do that. All right, so. I've been, um, like complaining to my friends in my personal life for a very long time about how I see the term trauma bonding being used in, um, like a way that is not the way it's talked about in mental health literature. And I understand that like we take words and create new meanings for them, like queer, like gay, (laughs) like dyke. But, um... I don't think that's what's happening here. I think what's happening here is like a a slip away from, from something that I think is really important. So I want to talk about trauma bonding and then talk about what I think we're trying to get at by saying trauma bonding. And then get into what my actual moment is, which is the acronym of how to not um, dump on friends. <laughs> All right. This is so wild, y'all, because the... Most recent exhaustive review of literature and uh, clinical studies on trauma bonding was done by Syracuse University School of Law, which is wild to me because uh, I think I have a trauma bond with Syracuse University. So it's kind of wild that, that that's the place that did this study most recently. But, um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's my source for, for this um, for this mental moment. Um But what is a trauma bond? A trauma bond also has been called a bond of trauma, abusive bonding, traumatic love, traumatic bonding, or y'all might have heard of this one, Stockholm syndrome. So uh, it's a dynamic that occurs in the context of an abusive relationship. So a trauma bond describes a particular type of relationship, right? Not a person. And What a trauma bond describes is when someone who has experienced um, exploitation, violence, neglect, um, or other types of abuse from someone starts to feel care or connection to that person because of the abuse or because of the um, environment. Does that make sense? I want to say it again because I want to make this really clear. So trauma bonds are a relationship in which the survivor of abuse experiences some kind of care or connection to the person who caused that abuse. It's a it's a power difference. And this is why um, it's often really hard for folks to leave abusive relationships. It's also why... Um, folks who were abused as children feel so much connection um, and care for the people who um, inflicted that trauma and tend to like repeat those patterns until they like heal from them because they've learned that this is a relationship that they can experience uh, care in, that this is the dynamic that in which they were cared for in the person who inflicted that harm also, is a, a object of care for us like we we see the humanity in them we because there's like this attachment that the abuse creates um so stockholm syndrome is a really good uh, example of this because uh stockholm syndrome is when somebody starts to like identify or care for their captor or their abuser right Um, And in the case of like being abducted by somebody, you are relying on them for food, for shelter, for all these things. Right. And this is the same for like little kids who are experiencing abuse. So, of course, there's going to be some type of attachment there. That's what a trauma bond is. A trauma bond um, needs a power dynamic in order to exist. Right. So this person is exploiting, is uh, causing harm in some kind of way but you still have to be in relation to them and might even start caring for that person's well-being. And for folks out there who are like that's bullshit, I would never care for somebody who caused me harm. Um we're literally wired to <laughs> to experience these like ebbs and flows, so uh stop stop moving into like victim shame territory, okay? Uh our When we're experiencing that amount of um, stress, like when we're experiencing violence, our cortisol levels shoot up. All of our stress hormones are on go. Um, I've talked about this so much on the podcast, like all of the, the thinking parts of our brain shut down and all of the like survival parts of our brain kick up. And so you feel like you're on edge, that something can happen to you at any point in time. And so what's happening is like inside of you, you're really seeking some kind of calm, right? And so when the abuser or the person causing harm then turns to you, gives you affection, gives you food, rewards you with some kind of reinforcement after the violence, then you get flushed with all the like dopamine, the um, happy hormones, the the um, oxytocin, the serotonin. And so... You learn that after these high peaks of stress and harm is going to come the, like, good and the lovey-dovey, right? This is um, sometimes why people in violent relationships think that the sex is so good, right? Because like, that's a moment where you're physically connecting. Your your cortisol levels was way up when stress was high. And now all the dopamine is rushing and you think it's good. It ain't good. It ain't good, child. It's the dopamine. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so that's, that's what a trauma bond is. But when I hear people talking about trauma bonds or trauma bonding I hear people talking about it like you got trauma I got trauma let's have trauma together or uh <laughs> or you share your trauma it's similar to mine um let's start a friendship and to be honest what's wrong with that <laughs> I I just don't understand this shaming that happens. I don't want to trauma bond. I am not trauma bonding with the people in this room. Okay. Like I'm a part of this group and I did not sign up to trauma bond when people are using trauma bonding wrong. And in that context, I just think it's a setup. <laughs> okay. So first of all, where's, where's this reaction coming from, from me? What's wrong with that? Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with talking about how you're healing and dealing and coping with a traumatic experience. Um, The very function of trauma is to isolate us and make us think that we're the only ones who ever experienced some shit. It is healing and therapeutic to be in a room with other people who have experienced similar things to you, who can normalize it for you and share their experiences of how they made it through. This is the whole reason why group therapy works, (laughs) why I I talked to y'all about like my grief group on the last episode, um, things like AA um, meetings, NA meetings, um, survivors groups. Like this is why that stuff works, because once you come out of the place of feeling isolated by your trauma healing can happen. And once you no longer feel like you have to so actively cope and deal, growth can happen. You know, like you can start experiencing other parts of life. You can maybe even have fun and go more days without even thinking about this traumatic experience or maybe have less intense um, nightmares or flashbacks about this trauma, right? Like I I just think that it is always good to share when we've survived some shit. Particularly... As marginalized and oppressed people, when we share our stories amongst each other, I just think so much about um unions and organizing at a workplace. If you never talk about making twelve fifty an hour, how are you ever gonna know that somebody else makes $17.50 an hour or $35 an hour and get together and collectively bargain for? for more, for together. Um, I just, yeah. So this idea about bonding over a shared violent experience. Yeah. (laughs) Is that the worst thing that could ever fucking happen? Like, (laughs) I just, I just don't think it's bad. I don't think we need to pathologize everything. And, And so then, I thought, you know, I'm like, okay, so if that's the worst thing, what are people actually afraid of when they're talking about not wanting to trauma bond? Again, using the term incorrectly. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, I was about to say, I'm not trying to police the language, but I am trying to police the language because I think it's really important to talk about um, bonds of trauma in the context of, of abusive relationships and, that kind of stuff. I think it's really important to talk about that because when we don't have language for something, how the hell can we name it? How can we recognize it? And so I think I am policing the language a little bit. Fight me. (laughs) But so when we misuse the term trauma bonding and talk about it as uh, connecting with someone over having a shared uh, harmful experience, I think what people are actually saying or worried about is they're worried that they will dump on someone that they are trying to build a relationship with. And I don't know no other word to use, but dump, (laughs) like, like you are, are saying too much too fast or sharing too much about yourself too quickly. If somebody thinks less of you for sharing, my therapeutic opinion would be fuck them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) if somebody can't be sensitive to the fact that we all are healing and growing and um, dealing and coping in a pandemic, um, and um, some of us are like community deprived, we are, uh, conversations with adult deprived. If, yeah, if people just can't get that, that's where we are and we need to share and talk amongst one another, I just wouldn't trust to build a, con- a connection or a relationship with that person. So where I actually wanted to go with this mental moment, I think the fear of dumping is real, right? You don't want to overwhelm somebody, but you do want to share with people. And so I wanted to come up with an acronym of how we can share with each other without dumping. And if y'all got a better word than dumping, like spilling, you know, overwhelming. There we go. Uh, here is my acronym. It's action. <laughs> I'm back on my bullshit, y'all. So here is the action you can take to share with someone without overwhelming them. So the first step, A, ask consent, Ask consent. Just like physical intimacy, emotional and verbal intimacy um, requires consent. So I drafted some questions. Um, I would like to share something that's really hard for me to talk about with you. Do you have the capacity to hear it? That's a way of asking for consent. I'm kind of nervous because I know we're still getting to know each other, but I really want to tell you this thing that happened to me. It might be hard to hear is it okay if I share? That's another way to ask for consent. And the last kind of question I drafted was, what would you need to be able to hear this hard thing that I really want to share with you? A open-ended consent question. So that's A. Action. C is for check in as you share. Right. This you 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 want you don't want to just like zone out and go into uh, sharing unfiltered. You know, it just pours out of you. Here are ways you can check in as you share. First question. I know this is really hard to hear. Are you okay? Another way to ask that. I know I've been talking about this for a minute. Do you need anything to continue to hear the rest I know this is a hard experience that I'm sharing with you. Is it bringing up anything for you? See? All right. Action. T. T stands for tell them what you need or how you are healing. So not just sharing and dropping this like heavy bomb, but tell them what you need or how you're healing. I think about saying things like, I just really needed someone to listen to that. Or I've had a really hard day of remembering this thing happened, and I just needed to get it out. How I'm healing, Um, something that I'm doing to address this hard thing is blah blah blah. Something that has really helped me overcome this hard thing is blah blah blah. You see, so it's not just you share something like "ooh, that was heavy," but also ways you're surviving. Um, cause the fear, the fear of connecting with somebody over a shared, you know, violent experience or, um, abusive experience is that you won't ever get to the part where y'all are healing and surviving, right? So it's sharing a little bit of how you're healing, um, would be really helpful. So that's T, tell them what you need or how you're healing. I is inquire about them. So I just shared a lot. But I would love to hear about you. (laughs) That's a way. Like I I think I said this earlier under uh, checking in as you share. Is this bringing up anything for you? I'm interested what you think about this experience that I'm sharing with you. Things like that. You know, just ask where they are if they're okay to keep hearing. Oh, open up about other things. So not just sharing the heavy in a way to connect with other people. Share all of who you are. I know I've said this on a past episode because I say it all the time to my clients, but you are not your trauma. Your trauma does not define you. Um, You are a whole person outside of those experiences. Um, So tell me about other parts of you. Open up about other things. I also love poetry, you know? <laughs> I had a horrible-ass time in grad school at Syracuse University. However, semicolon, I'm still a bad bitch. <laughs> I love poetry. Um, I'm thinking about getting into pottery. I taught myself how to roller skate, even though I still can't stop or go backwards. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, share other things about yourself. And last but not least, N. Notice how you feel sharing. I know you're really trying to connect with someone, but maybe you're sharing something that you're just not ready to share. Notice how you feel in your body. Were you ready to share it? Does your throat feel all like heavy and clogged now? Are you suddenly drinking tons and tons of water? Are you suddenly hot? Yeah, like just check in in your body. Were you ready to share this thing? It's always okay to start a story and stop, and be like, "Actually, I thought I was ready to share that, and I'm not." Let me let me get back to you on that one. That is okay. I think everybody is so worried about being awkward. I to me, I, awkward to me is endearing. I love awkward. Um, it it makes me feel a little more. Comfortable being myself. Um, if awkward is the worst thing you are, I think you're a pretty dope individual. So, yes, that's my acronym for how to not um, dump on a friend. There are, it is possible to share hard things without overwhelming somebody, right? So, action A, ask consent. C, check in as you share. T, tell them what you need or how you are healing. I, inquire about them. O, open up about other things. And N, notice how you feel sharing. So yeah, I hope I like cleared up the trauma bonding thing. And I also hope that I gave you some ammunition to jump into conversations. And be, like, unafraid of sharing. All right, y'all. So, I'm going to move it on along into the topic segment. And the topic segment of Queer Walk is just the queer potpourri segment. It's where I talk about all things that don't really fit into our other segments. Um, I didn't think I was going to do a topic, but as I was getting ready for this episode... I realized, you know, it was going to be the last episode of 2021. 2021 is 2020 done. <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying that. It's not going to happen. I have like nine days to make it happen and it's not going to happen. So, <laughs> um, so first of all, if you have a topic that you would like to hear me talk about, please send it. Send me a topic, y'all. Please send me something. <clears throat> please send me anything. I'm begging at this point. <laughs> the inbox is dry. And I don't never have any topic to actually talk about. So you can go ahead and send it to gmail.com or just DM me on any other social media um, platforms of things you would like to hear me talk about. But the topic I came up with is, you know, like an end of year topic. So 2021 was pretty fucking awful for me. Um, it was pretty bad. But I... I was listening to this um, OCD and anxiety podcast, and the host said something like, um, "like gratitude is the antidote for anxiety." And I was like, "Ooh, bitch! I like that." So, <laughs> so I decided to make a list of things that I'm really thankful for that happened in 2021 as well. Um, I think it happened to me in 2020. I was just re- I just listed off all these terrible things that happened that year. I didn't want to conclude another year like that. So I just made a list of things I'm thankful happened this year. And when I tell y'all, it was hard to do it, but I think I got some pretty dope things on this list. Okay, so I rang in the new year eating the biggest crab leg I've ever seen. If y'all follow me on Instagram, y'all see, I posted it. My sister bought this bag of crab legs like, a, uh, and she made um, a seafood boil. And I, like this thing was as big as my hand. It was the huge, the biggest crab leg I've ever seen. That was the way I rang in 2021. I really appreciated that crab leg. <laughs> and this in 2021, I also left the Academy I I I broke my trauma bond. <laughs> I got out. I um was living in this like scarcity mindset that um in order to make a living wage <laughs> for myself after going like so deep in student loan debt that I would have to be an academic. And I just can't I just can't be in those spaces right now. Um I need to deal with all the things I experienced earning my PhD and then being a visiting professor and I need a break. And guess what? I did it. I left and I have an incredible position where I am making a living wage. Um, uh, well, I need more clients, but y'all know (laughs) I can pay rent is what I mean. (laughs) I can pay rent and buy yarn for the yarn braids. So we good. Um, I, yeah, I did that. I did that. And I'm working with some queer folks of color, some radical folks. Um, And I live in Philly now. And that's just dope. I'm back on the East Coast. So yes, I left the Academy and that felt fucking good. It felt good to turn down an offer from the Academy and um, be making almost what I was making monthly there because I was severely underpaid as black queers usually are. But this is about gratitude. Okay, so <laughs> um, this year I also got to attend my sister's baby shower and go to her sonogram to see my little nibbling before they were born. And I got to be the rich auntie at the baby shower. Um, not that I was rolling in the dough, but I dressed up as <laughs> as um, Hillary Banks because her baby shower's theme was the Fresh Prince my little nibbling um and so the yeah so everybody had on like you know the 90s gear and i dressed as hillary because why not of course of course i was and everybody said that they loved the games which i facilitated so and created so um yeah if you if you out here trying to have a baby shower that Uh, people will talk about for weeks after, hire your girl to do the games. (laughs) And on that same wave, I got to meet my nibbling this year. My little nibbling was born um, August 8th. Little uh, little drip drip, as I call him, (laughs) baby Giannis. Um, And he's just been like such a light, such a light um, this year. He's just a chill baby, you know? It's just like, I get it, I get it, you know? He's just, like, laughing all the time. The only time he got a problem is when he's sleepy, which, relatable, you know? I just love that little baby, and so I'm really excited that I got to meet him this year. I finally met Ari also, so hey, Ari! Shout out to Ari! (laughs) um, The sibling, I feel like we've been... Uh, friends via the interwebs for forever but we finally got to meet in person shout out to all the black queers in Alabama Um, really excited that I finally got to meet Ari and we took some cute ass pictures too (laughs) I drank coffee in Malcolm X Park this year Uh, the Philly Johns will know is it Johns? 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 Am I getting it? Am I getting it? Okay I'm gonna move it on (laughs) I've I've gone on more dates in 2021 than I have in my entire life. Y'all, I don't know how that happened, but um, trust that there's a lot of Curve Chronicles to come. (laughs) I got a tattoo this year to match Nikita's um, Harriet Tubman pistol. I got, and I will post it. I'm going to post it, actually. Yeah, Um, when I drop this episode, I'll post the matching tattoo I got to Nikita's and... I got a titty tat this year, uh, which I've been wanting a titty tat for a very long time. And obviously, I'm not going to post that one on the gram. Well, not on the Queer Walk page. <laughs> my burner account is popping, though. I went to the Dyke March this year. I always love going to the Dyke March. I think this was my third time going to the Dyke March. I just There's just so many older, wise lesbians out there. So many queer women from, like, all over the place. Uh, They keep the, like, resistance history of lesbians, like, really at the center of the Dyke March. And I just am inspired to do, like, a Lavender Menace everything (laughs) in um, June next year. So, um, yeah, I really loved the the Dyke March experience. And I got to go with two of my closest friends also. Shout out to Jaffe and Vonnie went to a winery for the first time and actually uh, a winery tour went to um, multiple with the BBB this year that happened that happened this year this year has felt so damn long um that was it was just an amazing day I cried because obviously you know <laughs> but we took cute ass pictures yeah we just all got to hang out with each other uh, it had been a minute, you know, since the panorama that we had all uh, seen each other. <laughs> Stephanie had the snacks on Dizzy Deckington. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, and I attended uh, Diedrich's art opening at the uh, Jack Shainman Gallery. I think that's Jack Shaman. Uh, it was at a gallery in New York City. And I'm just always blown away whenever I see Diedrich's artwork. Um, Diedrich is a weaver. Follow him at Deeds Weaves on Instagram. I just, every time I look at it, I'm like, how? <laughs> the tapestries are like so huge, so detailed, um, just beautiful. And yeah, it just felt really good to be there um, at the opening. You know, I, I felt like, ooh, like a New York City gay, you know, like mm, I get to go to an art opening and I know the artiste. <laughs> I felt, I felt very, um, uh, gay sitcom. I also got my first massage by a black massage therapist. Um, and I'm saying this cause I'm fresh off of it. <laughs> it just happened earlier today and oh my goodness. It was so amazing. It was just like, I just felt cared for. I just felt cared for by that black woman. Thank you so much. I will be back. <laughs> you can have all my money. Because first of all, I feel like I have a whole new back. Uh, 30s who? Because I don't feel not one creak or crick in my back. Um, I feel like these knees are about to stand withstand anything. Like brand new um, appendages that... That massage was the shit. And I can't believe I've been out here all this time without getting massaged. Oh, my gosh. And the last thing I put on my list of amazing things that uh, I'm thankful happened this year was I went to the Jimi Hendrix Memorial while I was living out in Washington. Um, I really love Jimi Hendrix. I had this uh, moment in undergrad where <laughs> I discovered Jimi Hendrix Uh And actually, thanks to a psychology class I took, the psychology of personality, where we did this like um, segment on Jimi Hendrix. I don't even remember the lesson, but I remember thinking to myself, how is there a black guitarist rock star that I don't know about? And so I went into this deep Jimi Jimi Hendrix hole and was obsessed with him for like a year after that. And I got to go to um, his memorial uh, out in Washington. And that was just really special. You know, I left a lighter. <laughs> I sat there and played some of my favorite Jimmy songs. Uh, most of the people who were coming up while I was there was white. But there was one other black girl. We took each other's pictures at the memorials. So it was just cute. It was amazing. It, I had that bonded moment with another black girl. Thanks to Jimmy. So, Yeah. You know, 2021 didn't all suck. Uh, These things I'm really thankful for. All right, y'all. So coming off that wave, I really didn't want to do a Curved Chronicle and end the year with a stinker. So I'm just going to do like a general reflection Curved Chronicle. Is that all right? (laughs) So Curved Chronicles is a segment where I talk about my dating woes and wins or your dating woes and wins. You can send your Curved Chronicles to QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. Yeah, so I've noticed something. And so that's what I wanted to talk about this Curved Chronicles segment. So while I was out on a date, this dude tried to talk to me. (laughs) And um, since I moved to Philly, a lot of guys have tried to talk to me. And it's really bizarre to me that I still get read as hetero. It confuses me when, like, I'm at the nail salon and the nail tech will be like, um, do you have a boyfriend? I'm like, what about me gives boyfriend? (laughs) What? What in the homosexual hell would make you think that I want anything to do with a man? So, um... So that inspired this idea of the Curved Chronicle I had. I just think that people don't know how to read queer femininity. And I think queer femininity is just different than cishet femininity. It's just different. So I'm going to try to talk through some ways that I think I do femme different than like straight girls do femme. So uh, something that I've noticed about queer femininity, queer femininity is like, you know everybody be talking about the divine feminine and da 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 how to be how to be more feminine, all that shit. I obviously don't buy into any of that um I think I'm fem by default, you know, I think I'm a pretty low hard fem <laughs> um but that's the way I think about queer femininity, like if we talk in divine femininity shit. Um, divine feminine can also destroy, you know, (laughs) shout out to Oya. You know, know, it's not just the breeze of the wind. It could also be a tsunami and like a hurricane, you know? So, um, I think about queer femininity as like a punch in your uh, lipstick. (laughs) It's like a punch in your lipstick. (laughs) So how is queer femme different? For me, the first thing I think about is uh, colorful hair, right? So, like, yeah, it's kind of like a wave now where people wear their hair in colors. But I think queer femmes wear the pastel colored hair and, like, all the different colorful hair in non-mainstream hairstyles. So, like, while you might see a straight girl with, like, a, a orange lace front or something, Queer films will wear like an orange mullet <laughs> or like a, I, I, I currently have orange faux locks, you know? Um, so like the pastel hair colors are in like a unusual style. So you can't just look at the the color. You got to look at the cut. You got to look at what it's giving. Okay. Um, like the undercuts, you know, I think people are getting like the, the skunk stripe or whatever they call it. Skunk patch the the queer fems will have like the undercut that's colored, you know? So it's like a whole a little pop of color with the undercut. Queer fems do not know how to wear a sweatshirt. <laughs> a whole sweatshirt. Um it's either cropped, there's holes in the sleeve, it's bleach dyed, it's something. It's something. It, you you will not see like a fully intact sweatshirt on a queer film. <laughs> Um and on that same wave, uh leggings, tights, stockings, holes wear. We don't care about holes. There will be runs, there, <laughs> they will be cut, they'll they'll be tattered at the knee. It goes it goes with the vibe, okay? It just puts the, the outfit over the top. Nobody, nobody ain't throwing no uh tights away because they got a hole in it. It it just sets off the it sets off the Doc Martens. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess another giveaway for queer femmes. The whole look will be high femme as hell. Look at them shoes. <laughs> got the docs. Got the Birkenstocks. Got the um the the grandpa shoes. You know, <laughs> so you know you got to take in the entire package of the femme. You know, you you look at it from head to like like mid calf. And, then, and it's like, hi, femme. And then from the calf down, it's like, workers of the world unite. That's that's a queer femme. Um, queer femme nails. I talk about this so much. You can't just look at the length. You have to look at the shape. You have to look at the cut. You have to look at the color. Okay? <laughs> okay? The 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 what what is now I know called the braiders manicure, you know, where the three the three nails are short and then you got the two long ones. Are there sparkles on two nails that, you know, just might also be good for digital penetration? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You know, you have to look at the nail. You can't just look at the length and be like, Oh, she can't be queer because look how long those nails are. No, 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 no. That's not how any of this works. Are they rounded (laughs) for her pleasure? (laughs) Um, Are they, again, given the pastel colors, given the like uh, neon colors? uh, Is it like some kind of punky, spiky, dark thing going on? There's, There's just a way. To read it from the nails, okay? You can't just discount it because of the length. Queer Fems wear like what is categorized as like men's clothing articles in with the femme look, right? So it might be some like uh, boxer briefs peeking over the pant the pants or something. I already talked about the grandpa shoes. <laughs> a open button up shirt with like a real cute little dress or or a form fitting whatever underneath the little high waist jean with the open button up you know that's a that's a classic one um the fly ass hair with the beanie over it <laughs> like the the oldest most tattered trucker hat or or um like cozy beanie over it but it's like the You know, it's giving all the bounce and bundles under it. That's a very queer femme move. Um, Queer femmes do not know how to put on basic eyeliner for the life of us. Uh, It's going to be Amy Winehouse thick. It's (laughs) going to be um, neon colored. It's going to be jewels and dots and um, heart shapes and... A line of eyeliner under the eyebrow or over the eyebrow or something. It's just the, the eyeliner is going to be doing something. It's, it's like we don't know how to put on eyeliner with like a, a little like just I don't even know what it's called. See, because <laughs> because I just be out here doing my eyeliner like, yeah, I feel like my eyeliner has two modes. It's it's Amy Winehouse. Or it's um, uh, jewels from Euphoria. <laughs> that's, that's that's the only two ways I do my eyeliner. <laughs> queer femme, queer femme, you know. Yeah, so that's that's ways I thought of how to read queer femininity. If y'all thought of any other ways that queer femininity is different, or if you like disagree, you think that you know femininity is whatever, and it's a style, it's a vibe. Um, but I would love to hear what y'all think about queer femininity and the frustration about around comp head, um, heteronormativity, whatever, being read as, uh, straight. I'm, I honestly don't give a damn when dudes read me as straight because I mean, they're dudes and who cares what they think, but, <laughs> but it does get a little frustrating when like um, folks who I think sh- like are in my community, like still misread. I'm like, really? What? Are you do you see this? Do you see this? Yeah. So tell me how y'all think queer femmes kind of like signify queerness, or is there a queer femme aesthetic thing that I'm missing? Yeah. So that's my curve chronicle. Stop reading every uh femme as a straight person. Cause not all. <laughs> Hashtag not all fems, okay? <laughs> All right, y'all, let me cut this damn mic off. Um, Thank y'all so much for continuing to rock with Queer Walk. And uh, that was the end of this episode. Tell me what y'all think about the end of 2021. It's 2020. Okay, that's the last time I'm going to say it. I promise. Um. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, use the hashtag QueerWOC. Follow me on all the things. Hit me up. I'll talk back. And Yeah. Candace Parker's gay. (laughs) Bye, (laughs) y'all. This episode of Queer Walk the Podcast was made possible thanks to the monetary contributions of Maya W., who became a new patron. This episode was also made possible thanks to reviews by Camera Cutie, YVA Creed, and ZZ. Thank you to the listeners of Lutton, UK, Moscow, Russia. Is Moscow in Russia? Is Moscow a city or a a country? Oh, Lord. Um, And Douglasville, Georgia. (laughs) Lutton, UK, Moscow, and Douglasville, Georgia listeners. Thank you for making this episode of Queer Wild possible.